You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 125. And in May, it's National Mental Health Awareness Month. So today I thought that we could talk about how to protect our emotional health as a woman. Because ladies, our emotional health not only affects, affects us psychologically, but it can also affect us physically. So I just wanted to dive in and talk to you today about different areas of our emotional wellness and our emotional health, how we can protect it and things that we can do to up-level it. So I hope you're up for this episode. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, Millennial Women's Health Guide and Certified Women's Health Nurse Practitioner. I invite you to join me and hundreds of other women who are curious about their health, want to be their number one self-care advocate, and want to build a health portfolio that is robust enough to carry them through every facet of their lives. The Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast is the only resource you need to start, grow, or level up your health to the fullest potential. Discover why women all over the globe call the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast their go-to women's wellness hub, where we talk about women's wellness, we talk about business, life, and everything in between, all the things that pertain to us women being healthy. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community. Well, hey there, ladies, and welcome back to another great week. I hope that you had a fabulous week ahead of you. I mean, behind you, and I hope that you have a fabulous week ahead of you. So yeah, just a little housekeeping stuff. I've had, I've been really busy lately, um, both just with family and yesterday was an exceptionally fun day. Took my, um, granddaughter. We went to this place called love to play and it's an indoor, um, like jungle gym for kids. Like they go through, um, like all kinds of stuff, you know, like you can climb bars, you go through tunnels, they have slides, they have trampolines, they have all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't, I don't know who had more fun, her or me, but it was great. Two hours of just nonstop go, 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 go. It was great. And then we went and had lunch and then we came home <clears throat> and then we went for a walk. We went to the park and then last night we made pizzas and she made her first pizza ever. So it was really fun to just watch her, you know, roll out the dough. She's, she's turning two this month. Actually, she'll be two tomorrow. So um, <clears throat> it's been great fun. So I've been spending a lot of time with her lately and my mom. Just, you know, going over and just doing some mental health for myself. And this weekend, I got back together with my girlfriends and went for a walk. And then also on Saturday, went um, blueberry picking with another one of my girlfriends. Because kind of like going along with today's topic, which we're going to talk about um, mental health, I was sitting in my office like a couple, two weekends ago, and I just started saying to myself, Michelle, you know, you've got to start getting out more. Because every weekend and your days off, you know, you're working on your business, you're you know, you go and visit your granddaughter, you know, you, and you're taking care of your mom and all you're doing is like sitting around and just really, you're not getting back into your life with your friends because, you know, we were out of touch for like almost a year. We weren't really allowed to do anything. And I said, you know, you really just need to get out and start um, getting your friendships back in order again. So that's what I've been really concentrating on <clears throat> for my mental health. It's just getting back with friends and going for walks Saturday morning and met with um, a whole group of ladies. We did a faith walk. Um, so it was fabulous and walk with some of my friends. And like I said, after that went blueberry picking. So I'm really trying to make a conscious effort to, you know, to get out because, you know, we've been so used to just being cooped up and sitting in our offices or sitting at home and, you know, watching Netflix. Although I've never really been a TV watcher and I'd never watched TV during the day ever, um, <clears throat> only for a couple hours at nighttime. But you know, just sitting around and just getting comfortable with being indoors 
and just getting out with friends again. So, you know, as life is starting to open back up again, we got to really make, you know, that conscious effort to really do that. So today I kind of wanted to talk about since, you know, May is mental health month and, you know, we've talked a lot about on the podcast about stress. We've talked a lot about depression and those. So I really didn't want to come up and revisit those. I'm thinking, okay, well, how can we talk about, you know, mental health and mental health issues in the month of May too, but not constantly be talking about stress or about depression or any of those type of things, because we've, you know, like we've been drilling those to death over the last year, because that's really a big state of mind that a lot of us women have been into. <clears throat> so I thought I'd take a different spin today and talk to you a little bit about more about your emotional wellness as a woman and how, you know, we have to look at that and how we have to protect it and we have to cultivate it, what that means and a bunch of different things. So today's episode is kind of a new little bit of a format for me. So I'm going to kind of just explain it a little bit, just, just to give myself a little off the hook edge here is normally I have a whole like, um, outline of what I'm going to do for the podcast. And pretty much I script it out and I write it because it's easier for me than to just sit here and remember everything off the top of my head that I want to talk to you about. But then I kind of decided that, you know, I need to start ad-libbing a little bit more and maybe getting a little bit more stuff in there without just going totally off the script. So today is one of those episodes. It's a little bit on script and it's a little bit off script. I'm adding in some of my own stuff and trying just a different flair. So I don't know if you're going to like it more or less, but you know, you can always let me know. So again, today we're going to dive into, we're going to be talking about, um, women's emotional wellness and like different parts of our life that cause us to have you know, these emotions and how different things in our life can set a stage for this and how we have to do it. And then I want to end with, we're not going to go into depth on all of those things because the podcast can't be hours long. Nobody wants to listen to hours long. So I'm just going to be touching on some of those areas. So the areas that we're going to be touching on are number one, you know, women experience emotional health issues throughout their life. That's adolescence, you know, during, you know, maturing adulthood. And then as people are getting older, so we're going to touch a little bit on that. We're going to talk a little bit about being a parent and how that can impact your emotional wellness. And when I'm talking about being a parent, I just want to just clarify here that once you've been a parent, you're always a parent. I don't care how old your children are or how young they are. I don't care if you're a grandmother raising children, if you're a woman who's raising pets, if those are your children, you're a mother and being a mother in any aspects is going to change you. It's going to change you emotionally. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, just a little bit about violence and abuse and how that affects women's health and their emotional health. Then we're going to just jump in and talk a teeny bit, like I said, on all these little topics about how a negative body image can affect women's health and how relationship problems can also cause emotional distress. And then we're going to talk about then, you know, I want to move into the flip side of that are what can we do that can help us with our emotional wellness? And then we're going to talk about the importance of friendship, um, being mindful for emotional health. How do we boost our self-confidence for emotional strength? And then I'm going to end with some tips on how to take care of your emotional health. Okay. You ready? All right. So let's get started. So the first part is this, Okay. We all can agree, and I hope that we are currently, you know, we can all agree that we are currently in an age where it's more recognized how our emotional health affects our overall well-being. If the past year and a half hasn't taught us that, sheesh, I don't know what the heck can. That is not to say that either understanding or acceptance of, you know, overall emotional and mental health is completely understood by everybody or is accepted in the same way by everybody. It can, it's far from it. Okay. Definitely that it is unfortunate 
and its unhelpful attitudes certainly still exist and probably always will to some degree about this topic of mental health and wellness. Okay. There are sweeping generalizations are still being used by some and nowhere is this more obvious than in the field of women's emotional health and wellness, because there's a lot of stigmatism that is placed around this. There is little doubt that women are more emotional than men. Absolutely 100% true. And what is sad is that this can be viewed simplistically as being bad or a lesser state. Women experience emotions the way they do and are affected by them as they are for a raft of reasons. Okay. Those reasons can be genetic. They can be evolutionary, you know, how we're programmed societal, and they can, and they can also be environmentally, you know, pressures that are combined with hormone influences. And all this is experienced as emotions and comes out as differences in how each one of us express those different things. Okay. So today I just wanted to take a few moments, you know, and sit here and talk to you about emotions because they are such a huge factor in a woman's health, well-being, and happiness. Okay. This will hopefully help you. Number one, I hopefully that it will help prevent two main ways that women can be victims of their emotions. First is by feeling guilty for experiencing them as strongly as we do. And secondly, by adopting a victim mindset. So ladies, first of all, I want to let you know that you have the right to experience your emotions, but that doesn't mean that you have to be a slave to them. You can learn proven methods for achieving greater emotional balance to increase your feelings of self-empowerment and ultimate happiness. So that's kind of like what we're going to talk about today. All right. So like I said, at the very beginning, you know, women experience emotional issues throughout their life. According to the world health organization, women are vulnerable to a host of emotions. Some of the common issues include mood swings, anxiety, and depression. And we've seen that a lot, whether this may be part of their whole life experience. Women do tend to express these concerns more key during periods in their life, such as during adolescence, middle age, and as we start to mature and get older. Okay. So of course you can honestly say that each, at each stage, right, you're going to have different emotions and you're going to have different feelings because there's going to be different life events that are happening at each one of those different things. Right. So for example, when, you know, adolescence is an epic period of life. Okay. It can be brought with ups and downs as puberty comes, hormones are raging, you, you know, women, you know, young women are starting to get their periods. You experience, sometimes you can have bullying at school, going to high school, middle school, any school, you know, if we've all been there, it can be traumatic for a lot of kids for a lot of different reasons. Even if you are one of the popular ones, you can have that. So you experiencing all these different things as you are going through adolescence and trying to navigate that, you know, you can have anxiety, you can have self-esteem issues, you can have body image issues, there's peer pressure and you name it, right? So all of these can cause a host of different emotions. So, you know, some of that starts to balance out as, you know, number one, because when you first start having your period, when you're in your adolescence, you know, it's all over the place and it, as it starts to balance out and you start to figure out your roadmap of of middle school, high school, and you kind of find your place and kind of, you know, friendships and different groups. And as you move into adulthood, things start to shape up and look differently. Okay. And for women, you know, adulthood sets the stage for two of the most important life events that they can experience. Number one is a lot of times you're getting married. 
All right. And that's a big life change for most women going from being single to being married. Or maybe if you just decide you're going to be single and you're not going to get married, sometimes that brings a lot of emotional issues because in our society, you know, past was, oh, you had to get married. You know, you needed to have a mate. And, you know, now it's, you know, so controversial if you, if you don't get married and I don't understand why, because you can be just as happy without children. You can be happy with those four-legged children. You know, you can maybe be an adoptive parent without having a spouse. So there's many different ways that you can, you know, look at adulthood. Okay. And then again, besides becoming a wife or a significant other, or having a partner in your life, a lot of times during adulthood, this is when you're going to be having children and children, you know, bring a whole other host of emotions. Okay. Pregnancy just triggers off emotions, hormonal things, and all kinds of different stuff. And then navigating parenthood, which we'll talk about later also comes with its whole set of emotions. Okay. Then moving into, as we're getting older, we can also have some, you know, emotional issues. First of all, a lot of seniors lose their partners and they're alone for the first time in a long time in their life. Correct. Then there's a lot of seniors as we get older or women, as we get older, we can sit in one of two camps. We can sit and be very happy with our lives or the things that we've accomplished. And there's a lot of women who look back with regret, feeling that they haven't measured up to the things that they wanted to accomplish in their life. Okay. There's a lot of seniors who have you know, have very good family support systems. And then there's other women who don't have very good support systems as they get older. And either of those two things can also bring on a lot of emotional and mental health issues in of itself. Okay. So the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, like I told you about being a parent can impact your emotional wellness on all sorts of levels. As a mother, you will experience many emotions or as a mother, you have experienced many emotions. Okay. There will be times in your life where your days are filled with joy and happiness. And then there will be days when you feel stressed and depressed. And trust me, this does not stop. Even when your children become young adults and they move out of your home. Like I said, once you are a mother, I don't care if your kids are at home, moved out, live in another state, live by you. You have pets, any of that kind of stuff, grandkids, anything. You are always a mother. Okay. That feeling of being connected to your children, whether they are two-legged, four-legged, or however many, however form you become a mother will always be there, that bond. Okay. And you go through different stages. If you are a parent of two-legged children, okay, you'll experience the emotional ups and downs as a woman of all those different stages that those kids go through. Okay. From when you're pregnant and all the hormones, you can be feeling joy about this pregnancy, or maybe it was an unexpected pregnancy and you're not feeling so joyful about it. Okay. There's different things and there's no guilt on either end. Okay. You can be afraid if this is, if you're a first time mom, what's it going to be like? Am I going to be a good mother? There's a lot of women who have, have to deal with loss around a pregnancy. And then when they get pregnant, they still feel scared about that because they've had loss with miscarriage in their past. So pregnancy in of itself brings a lot of emotional time. And then again, like I said, as you raise these children, these babies, whether, and two, it comes with raising animals too, because I've raised four leggeds, I've got two of them. So they've gone through their stages because we've had them from being pups. You know, they go through their teething and all kinds of stages, just like children do. 
You know, then when you're raising toddlers, that can be another emotional strain because, you know, they're exploring, they're getting out in the world, they're, they're finding their own thing, they're being independent. Sometimes they don't want you to tell them what to do. Even at two, my little grand, granddaughter, she's very obstinate. She knows what she wants and she knows what she doesn't want. And she's like, don't, don't help me. I can do it, Nana. You know, and so, you know, it's great. She's figuring out her independence. So you want to give them that role. And as they start getting older and they get into, you know, into being in their school years, they come and you're going to have to deal with not only remembering what it was like for you to go through those emotional changes when you were going through school, but now your kids are going through that or your grandkids are going through that and you have to go through it a second time. But only the second time you tend to be a little wiser because you know more now, right? When you were going through those times in school for yourself, they were like, oh my God, so, so many issues. And oh my God, they were so pressing. And you thought they, the world was going to come to an end, right? But now you know, okay, you live through it. It didn't come to an end. So now you have those wise words that you can tell the second generation. So that's always a good thing, you know, and then some of us, you know, raising teenagers, you know, those teenage years can be very hard for some, if you haven't gone through them already, you know, be prepared. If you have, you know what that's like. And maybe now you've got grandkids who are teenagers. So you're experiencing that all over again, right? So like I said, your role as a mom never stops. Okay. It only gets better and enjoyable. And I think I told my, my daughter, I said, it's not that I didn't love you and your brother because I did. And I loved everything that you went through. I think I'm loving being a Nana even more so than I was a mother. And don't take that like, like, oh my God, don't send me hate mail or anything else like that. Okay. Let me explain myself here. I loved being a mom to my two kids and I love being a mom to my four legged kids, but I'm enjoying so much more being a Nana because I know more now. Like I, I don't have those raging hormones that I did like when I was pregnant with my kids because my kids are 18 months to the day apart. So like after we had my son, my husband and I, we talked about, okay, if we want to have more kids, we have to have it right away. Because at that time in my life, I was, I was really planning on my career path was going into becoming a doctor and I was applying to medical school. I was taking the MCATs and I was doing all kinds of things. And I told my husband, I said, if you want more than one child, then we need to do it right now because I don't want to be pregnant during a residency or any of that kind of stuff. I want, I'd rather be pregnant now, get it done with while I'm just going, entering to medical school and all that. Well, I turned out to be a nurse practitioner and not a doctor, but still life has its moments. But I told them, let's have it right away. So we had our kids relatively back to back. So, you know, I was still, you know, recovering from my first child because I don't know if you heard my story when I talked about it in other podcasts, I had a little bit of postpartum depression with my son, but I really had postpartum depression after my, after I had my daughter. But like I said, I had my son, I was having, I was going through some issues with him. He had some issues of his own with, um, with some things that some other things that he was going through. And then you have your second child and you're, and you're like, oh my God, I've got so many things going on. I still got one at home, one that I'm taking care of. I've got this one. So, you know, you deal with a lot of things as you are pregnant and you're going through those things. So I can totally understand. So like I said, getting back to what I was saying, first of all, now I don't have any of those hormonal issues. So I have such greater patience for her. Like, I mean, she has a tantrum and I'm just like, okay, go ahead over there, throw your tantrum. I'm going over here. Let me know when you're done before I would have like reacted when I was a parent, you know, because you've got all that hormonal rushing going on. And then you've got this yelling child yelling at you and you just tend to sometimes lose it. But now it's like, Hey, it's okay. I mean, 
I've got the patience of Job with her and I'm so much more in a better content place with myself with her than I was with myself with raising children. You know, I was new as a mom. I didn't know all those things. I didn't know how I was going to manage these things. I didn't, you know, everything was new. You know how that feels. But now it's like, you know, my daughter, she calls me up. Oh mom, she's got this. I'm like, okay, here's what you do. Because I know, you know, you're not in that fearful, as fearful of a state as you were when you were a brand new mom. So I know that went down a little rabbit hole, but I just kind of wanted to kind of tell you what being a Nana was about. And if you're a Nana, you already know. And if you're going to be a Nana, you've got great things ahead of you. Okay. So the next thing besides being a, you know, a mom going through those different stages of, of life that we've gone to, that we talked about that can, that can play on your emotional health. There is a very hard topic that I want to talk to you about too. It's called violence and abuse and how that affects women's emotional health. You know, um, we don't talk about that a lot in our society, especially if we are a, if a woman has been a victim of any type of violence or abuse, a lot of times there's a lot of shame around that and they don't, it's not a natural part of a conversation. Maybe if you're good friends with somebody and you're their BFF, they'll, they'll, you know, indulge that you with their news that that happened to them. But most of the times we just don't open up the floor of the topic to talk about these things and violence can really, and abuse can really affect emotional, a woman's emotional health very big time. And I'm not saying that it can't, that it does not affect men's emotional health because it does, but just for the sake of today's podcast, we're talking about women's emotional health. And a lot of times it can leave women feeling paralyzed. It can leave them feel like they are victims. Um, it can let them, you know, just break their spirit and all different things. So, you know, if you are a woman of, of abuse or you've had things happen to you, then definitely I hope that you get into some counseling if you already haven't, but there's different types of abuse and we all know those. So I just want to go over them briefly here today. You know, you can, there's sexual abuse. There is stalking where you have people who stalk you. That tends to be a lot of time. It can even happen to ordinary people, although we tend to only hear about it with actors and actors, actors and actresses, right? That they get stalked, but there's plenty of ordinary people that get stalked by ex-husbands, ex-lovers, all kinds of different things, you know, ex-bosses, really weird things. There's a lot of weird things out in the world. Then there's, you know, physical abuse and then there's psychological and there's emotional abuse. So, you know, any type of abuse can really affect a woman emotionally and, um, you need to seek some support and, you know, you can always call, reach out. There's plenty of counselors everywhere. There's all kind of hotlines that you can call if you have any, if you've ever had it, or if you're currently going through it, please reach out to somebody and talk to somebody about that. Because the sooner that you talk to somebody about these issues, the easier it is to get over them. I'm not saying you ever really forget because you don't, but moving on is easier. They say scientifically, if you get into therapy early on and you start working on some of these issues versus letting them stew for years and years and years and years, and then trying to go back and reverse it, it's, it tends to be harder. Okay. So enough said about that topic because it is a downer of a topic too. So the next thing is how can a negative body image, how negative body image affects a woman's emotional health. Okay. So body image, as we know, refers to a person's perception of their own body. That includes their view of their overall attractiveness that may or may not necessarily correspond to society's standards, right? A person's body images is where they, is their way of seeing themselves physically 
and it plays a big role in the development of a person's self-esteem and confidence in their life. The development of a healthy body image often starts early in life and is nurtured through influences in the environment by family, by peers, school, and the media. They all have a role in how a person sees their body image. A person's body image is also directly related to their self-esteem and their acceptance of who they are. That's why it's important to develop a healthy body image is key to a woman's lifelong mental and emotional health. If not nurtured properly, it tends to promote a negative perception of themselves and their bodies. An unhealthy body image can be leading cause of various mood and personality disorders, eating disorders, mental and mental health problems. Body image ladies not only, you know, body image is not just how we look at ourselves physically, okay, but it also looks at how we perceive the world around us a lot of times. So we want to make sure that we have a healthy body image. Okay. It's a work of the mind and it's, uh, and it's the reason that, you know, girls who feel confident and beautiful within themselves, regardless of their shape, size, and color, you know, they feel good about themselves. And there's reasons that girls who are pretty and attractive, you know, like models, they don't. Okay. It's all how, you know, we're taught to look at ourselves and how not just the physical part of ourselves, but also the inner beauty of ourselves, because we are all beautiful. Okay. All of us are beautiful, no matter our size, shape, color, anything, you are beautiful inside. And we have to learn to be accepting of ourselves. And a lot of times it's just, we have this misconception of our body image. And a lot of times it's, it can come from family, but a lot of times it comes from peer pressure, comes from the media. We see all these beautiful women, well, we have been for years. Okay. Things have started to change now, but for years we saw, you know, these stick figures as models and, oh, you have to be a size two. And now we're not seeing that so much. Now we're kind of saying, Hey, we don't want that anymore because that's not how the real women in the world look, right. Or how we act or how we think. So times are changing and things are coming around, but body image is also another big one of how it can play with a woman's mental health and mental and how she feels about herself. Okay. So then I want to talk to you about, okay, relationship problems and emotional distress. Okay. Relationship, personal relationships make up a big part of everybody's lives. They're important and they contribute to our overall health and emotional well-being. Okay. So while it's ideal to build happy and healthy relationships, they don't all, it doesn't always work out that way. So for, for women, you know, you can have been in a marriage and it broke up, or you can have been in a relationship and it broke up and it can affect you for a long time and how it affects each and every one of us is differently. Or there's a lot of women who are in relationships that are not very healthy, but have, you know, stay there anyways for different reasons and they need to work on those reasons. So again, being in a relationship that is not healthy also plays a big part on your emotional distress. So, you know, you may need to go for some counseling, you know, if you are in a, you are in a relationship where there is a lot of not good stuff happening, then take a look at that and reach out and try to find a counselor to help you, you know, because ladies who you go home to every day is just as important as many other things in your life. You're spending a lot of time with that significant other. And if you're not happy with them and they're not happy with you, it's not that you are not each great people. Maybe you're just not great together. And you need to look at that too, because you know, you're sleeping next to this person for many years, hopefully. So you want to have things in common with them. You want your, you want your significant other to, you know, to lift you up and you want to lift them up 
you want your relationship to be good and it should be good. So look at some of those issues if you know if they're not happening in your relationship and see how you can maybe change that or get out of it if it's not something that's working for you. Okay. Then the next thing I want to talk to you about is, oh, now I want to talk about, like I was talking about earlier, let's flip it on, you know, on the opposite side of looking at some of those things that can cause us to have emotional and um, damage to our wellness and our mental health. And how can we do things to improve our mental well-being? Okay. So the first one is the importance of personal friendships among women. I think friendships are so much... I don't want to, I don't want to like exclude men because I think men have friends, but I think that women's friendships are so much different than men's friendships. And I think women need friendships and I don't want to say that, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think women need friendships more than necessarily than men need a lot of friends. Okay. And the reason is because women in society, you know, we are, we gather together. We're the problem solvers. We're the nurturers. So we reach to other women because they're like, kind of like our support network. And we've been doing that for centuries, for centuries, since the beginning of time. That's part of who we are. I think it's part of who our DNA is and who we were created to be is to be nurturers. And we surround ourselves with other women who help us. Like, you know, the old saying, it takes a tribe to raise a family. It takes a tribe to build a business. That's meaning that, you know, it takes multiple people moving forward. And usually women are their best support systems for each other in moving their lives forward. And I know that the value of my friendships has really made all the difference in my life. Okay. I've had some absolutely, and I do have some absolutely fantastic friends in my life who I can turn to for anything, anytime, and they are there for me. And just knowing that, you know, puts my ease of my mind and my mental wellness in that area far above, because I know I can call any one of my girlfriends and say, Hey, I'm having a sucky day and they'll get on that phone or we'll text and they'll send me a word of encouragement. I've had women in my life who've held that space for me in every capacity in every way that I've needed my entire life. And, you know, I want to be that type of friend to my friends. And I hope that I am that way. So friendships are very important to women. And like I said, I think they're, they're more important to women because women are social creatures, not to say that men are not, but women are very social and those friendships and being able to talk to other people, other women and doing things with them and having, finding things in common is very important to us. Okay. Because friendships support health and wellness through interpersonal ties. Okay. So that's one of the things that's very important. So make sure that you've got some really great friends. Several studies reveal that friendships are beneficial for women because their sense of togetherness carves an avenue for the exploration of experiences essential for self-development. Okay, there you have it. Science is saying right there, studies show that friendships are beneficial for women because they help our overall sense of togetherness. Okay, you don't feel alone out there. Okay, women are at their best when they have supportive female friends. Their friends provide emotional support and the space they need to gain mental and emotional stability. Friends are important, beneficial aspects of their lives in all areas. They are there for the following event of toxic feelings, personal issues, and also triumphs and experiences. Okay. As they say, only a woman can understand what another woman is going through. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I got into women's health way back when, when I decided, okay, which field of medicine I wanted to go into, I said, okay, I'm going to go into women's health because who knows a woman's body better than another woman. 
Okay. You can empathize on a lot of areas with women because you are a woman and you are going through that. So a lot of times I'll give you a side story here. People come in and I do, I do lots of pap smears every single day. And that's one of the least favorite exams. I think a woman has to come into when she comes in for her well woman exam and they'll all, I'll do it. And they'll go, Oh my God, you're done. You, you did that so wonderfully. I, I mean, it didn't hurt. It was fast. Oh, I, I just love it. And I'll tell them absolutely because I have to have them done. So I, I have to be at the end of that speculum. So I know what it feels like. So I, and I don't want anybody to be in my vagina, you know, sorry, not besides my husband. Okay. Not getting sexual here, you know, but any, you know, medical person inside there longer than they have to be. All right. So I get you. So they say, oh, wow, but I can understand that. So again, you know, a woman knows another woman. Okay. So that's one of the best things about that too. It's great. Okay. All right here. Let's see friends. Okay. So let's see here. Friends also reinforce you to be the best person that you can be. And indeed friends remind us of the inner power that we have that transforms our lives to be better. Okay. So I hope that you have some great friends in your life. And if you do celebrate them, show them gratitude, tell them that you love them every time you see them, text them often. And if you don't have a lot of those girlfriends in your life, I encourage you to go out and start forming some of those as well. The next thing that I want to talk about is how being mindful benefits your emotional health. Okay. So mindfulness is a practice derived from Buddhist meditation. Of course, mindful is about attention. It's about becoming aware of the here and now. Mindfulness awakens our focus to be more careful, to take it slow, and to cherish every passing moment of our lives. It is directed to what is truly important and essential in our role as children, as a friend, as a lover, as a parent, or any role that we have in our lives. Mindfulness contributes to your emotional well-being as a woman. The practice can help you to stop have overwhelming thinking to be more appropriate on how you handle your feelings. It can also help you to be present because it remind it mindfulness requires you to be focused on the attention on what you're doing right now. And it can be the cornerstone of self-regulation. So it's how do I present myself? It's taking time. It's for the here and now it's for thinking about the present, not the past and not the future, but now. Okay. It helps you to become a good self observer. When you are mindful, you are taking time to look at yourself. And we've talked about this many times in many podcasts before that it starts with you in order to go someplace different. You have to know where you've been. You've got to be able to be a good self observer and offer yourself some critique, you know, constructive criticism, ladies, constructive, not deconstructive, but constructive criticism for yourself so that you know what areas of your life you need to improve on and how you can go ahead and do that. Okay. So mindfulness and being present is very important for our mental well-being. Okay. The next thing is to boost self-confidence for emotional strength. Okay. Women have come a long way from the burn the bra days. While some of these women were able to be successful to break free from oppression, we are still stuck with those who lack faith in themselves. Okay. There's a lot of us women who don't have the confidence and, and the encouragement that we need or the support of friends and those type of things. So that's kind of like why we're talking about this in May because it is mental health month. So that's how we're going to turn it around. While the world is learning to respect women for what they have accomplished, it is sad to note that it's not yet 
enough to make women all over the world ooze with self-confidence. Like I said, the world is changing for women. We're not, you know, we're not there yet with men equal like that, but that's okay because we have our own special gifts and talents and we're, and we're making our way. But a lot of women still feel oppressed in a large part of the world, you know, and that's what's sad to see because, you know, as a woman collective, as a body of women, we want to really try to get rid of all oppression for all women who have to suffer from it. Okay. So, you know, be positive with yourself because this helps you boost your self-esteem. Okay. Keep a list of things that you are thankful for because that also can boost your self-esteem and self-confidence. Be kind to yourself. Okay. Don't give, speak harshly to yourself, speak kind to yourself and give yourself the space and grace that you need. Okay. Use positive affirmations on a daily basis. You know, even if they're small and you think they're stupid and all that other kind of stuff, positive affirmations can be very powerful. Even, you know, you think they're not working, but they do. So try them and then accept your imperfections. Okay. Cause none of us are perfect ladies in any or all areas of our life at the same time. It's just not going to happen, right? You know, things don't get done, balls, you know, drop on the floor and every day is a different new experience that we have to experience and we have to deal with. So accept that you're not perfect and be okay with it because, you know, once you can be okay with not being perfect, your life gets a much better thing. Okay. So lastly, I want to end here on some tips for how you can take care of your emotional health. So first of all, ask yourself right now, how are you feeling right now? If you can say you're doing great, that's wonderful. But unfortunately, not every one of us can say that. All right. Based on global statistics, one in four people every hour becomes besieged by mental health issues, specifically with their emotions. The problem lies in not being able to deliver appropriate emotional responses to challenging life events. Okay. All right. According to psychologist, Dr. Guy Winch, people can become good at talking, at taking care of their bodies physically, yet become more inattentive to their emotional well-being. Taking care of your emotional health means knowing how to deal effectively with all the stressors and problems that come at you from all areas of your life. Okay. So how do we do that? How do we protect our mental wellness? Okay. First of all, you become self-aware. Okay. Maybe you've heard this advice countless times, maybe by me, by, by other ones, but really the first step to take so that you can take care of your emotional health is to become self-aware. Self-awareness ladies refers to your ability to be conscious of what's going on with you, within you and around you. And I talk about this when I'm talking to you every day, when I talk to my people every day in the newsletter, on the podcast, on our social media, everywhere that you need to be your number one self-care advocate. All right. So become self-aware. Look at how you need to prioritize yourself. Look at things you need to change, things that are working well, things that are not working well for you. Okay. Look at how you become, you know, how do you respond to things around you? Can you change those? Or do you need to change those? Are you acting, you know, out of character? Those are things to be aware of. Okay. Then avoid negative individuals. 
So I just had a I just had a, a post that I did in our Facebook group that talked about sometimes you need to let go of people in your life. People are meant to come in like certain areas in your life, meant to stay for short periods of time, others for longer, and still others need to go. And yes, one lady said that it's hard to let family members go in that category. And yes, I agree with that. But you need to start letting go of people that do not lift you up, do not hold your goals for you, don't hold the space for you. If they are draining you and they are making you unhappy, you need to let them go. Okay. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying you're going to be able to do it today or tomorrow or the next day, but you need to start to work on it. Okay. The next thing that you do to help your mental health is you take time to recover. Okay. If you've been in a, in a rough situation, if you've had a rough time, you were sick or something's happened to you, or you're going through a divorce or you're going through a breakup or you lost a job or whatever it is, you need to allow yourself time to recover from that, not jump from one thing to another thing and don't even give yourself a breather. Okay. Give yourself time to get well, to be strong and to feel better by giving yourself space. Ladies, you're allowing your emotions to heal naturally. Okay. And the last thing that I want to talk to you about is for you to learn to have an emotional first aid. Okay. What will you do if you're suffering right now? How are you reacting? Based on research about the effects of negative emotions, such as loneliness, having negative feelings can make us feel isolated and alone. It makes us think of the worst possible outcomes. Negative emotions create deep physio physiological wounds that can grow bigger and bigger with time. And the effect of negative emotions can be devastating for any of us. Okay. It can cause a person to have a distorted outlook on any or all of their situations in their lives. Okay. So this is the reason why we need to pay attention to our emotional well-being. We must learn emo emotional first aid to help overcome negative thoughts and feelings. We need to, we all need to develop greater self-awareness ladies and become aware of our emotional responses. This will help us to rationalize our feelings carefully before coming up with any conclusions instead of responding unconsciously and irrationally. Okay. It would also be beneficial to your emotional growth to identify common thought patterns that lead to your negative thinking or negative emotions. Okay. So these today we've just talked about, these are just initial steps that you can take, but ladies, by taking control of yourself and your emotions, you can help better deal with the ups and downs that are all a part of our everyday lives. Okay. Being more aware of your own level of emotional well-being will help you determine healthy ways to help yourself overcome your moods, cope with anxiety, and to help you heal depression. Okay. So take a listen back. You know, maybe you, you need to listen to this once or twice to kind of go through all the things that we talked about today. Okay. Mindfulness is vital because it can help you decide whether your current mood or your state of mind is based on actual events or your emotional responses to them. This self-knowledge helps you to use your strengths and overcome your weaknesses to help in self-regulation during challenging times. Okay. Acknowledge as a woman that your hormones and your subconscious mind may be unhelpful and working on making pause and you know, it, it can kind of be working against you. But if you understand what's going on in your body, that's why I tell you become your number one self-care advocate, be, you know, curious about what's going on for your health because you then know that they, your hormones at certain times of the months may be working against you and you can work on making positive change. Okay. So understanding your body. Okay. Understanding, you know, what you're going through interpersonally, all these different things can help you better deal with your emotional health and it can help you strengthen it for the long, for the long haul. 
Okay. So we, we talked about a lot of stuff today. So I hope, you know, that you kind of went there with me. I hope that you liked it and you got something out of it because again, May is mental health month and, you know, just getting away from stress and depression. You know, we, we, we suffer, you know, women seem to suffer more from emotional health, emotional health than men do. So I wanted to talk about that things that, you know, that affect our emotional health and ways that we can, you know, or things that we can do for ourselves to help us to better our mental health in all areas of our life. So come on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review for the podcast. Come on over to at well woman network on Instagram and leave us a DM or join our private Facebook group, well woman network 360, um, over in Facebook. And, you know, we can discover and talk more about these topics in our group in well woman network 360 on Facebook and over on Instagram. We are talking about mental wellness all month long. So, um, we're giving you lots of tips, tricks, and, you know, um, different questions to ask yourself, things to think about. So you can find it on both, both podcasts and, um, on the podcast, you can find it in the group and you can find it on Instagram about all those things that we're talking about. So I hope that God richly blesses your life for the next week, ladies. And thank you so much for listening and bye for now.